Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of Bible and Breakfast with Basketball Dads. I'm really excited for our guest today, Matt Daniels, a good friend of mine. He's currently living in Alabama, as a works for a campus ministry with the University of North Alabama, a former basketball coach, does some broadcasting with ESPN, and just kind of has his, his uh, hands in everything right now. So Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks Andrew for having me. I've enjoyed the other episodes. I don't think I can live up to those guys' standards, but we're going to at least have some fun along the way. Man, no, you're, you're definitely up to that standard. That's why you're here. And my standards aren't super high anyways. So, hey, here. <laughs> but, uh, man, uh, before we get started, man, what, what are some things that God's been teaching you? Maybe some, something you've been learning, something that you've recently come across in scripture that you would like to share or that could impact some other people? Yeah, there's kind of two passages that God has really just gripped my heart with just kind of over the summer, even. I mean, these are just passages that I've just been walking through myself. And um, the, one of them is, you know, in Psalms, when the psalmist is talking about a prayer of Abraham and Abraham says, Lord, teach us to number our days. Right. And I think that's such a valuable lesson coming out of the quarantine and pandemic that we've been walking through is, man, we got to make every day count. You know, today is the day we've been given. You know, Jesus tells us tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. So let's take care of today. And I just love that prayer when it's talking about teach us to number our days. You know, that making our days count doesn't come from us. It comes from God, a sovereign, holy God that's got a plan for today. And our job is to live inside of that plan. Right. And to bring glory to him. And so that's a prayer that I've been praying. And, and out of that, a passage that I think connects to that is, Actually, in John chapter four, when Jesus meets the woman at the well, right? And like, it's a pretty popular passage. And I know it's a passage that's been taught often, but it's just one that has just gripped me. When you think about all the barriers that Jesus broke of that day, the cultural barriers, the personal barriers, right? I mean, she was a woman. She was a Samaritan. As a man who was of Jewish descent right you don't talk to samaritans and you especially don't talk to samaritan women, and you definitely don't do all of those things in public right and here he is at the well willing to sit down with her because he knew the most important thing for her was she needed to break through the sin barrier in her life right because we all me you anybody listening to this that comes across this we have a sin barrier that separates us from jesus christ right and that's why he came to destroy that sin barrier once and for all, right? And he was willing to count any cost culturally, personally, socially to make sure she understood she needed to break through her sin barrier, right? And I just think about that in our life and and as believers, like we've got to have that same urgency Jesus has. There should be nothing stopping us from coming in contact with somebody and say, hey, let me listen to you. I think that's one of the things that's interesting about John chapter four is Jesus listens to her before he ever responds, before he ever says, hey, drink some living water. Right. He listens to her and he hears from her that, yes, she may be physically thirsty, but she's spiritually thirsty. Right. And so because he was able to hear from her, he was able to identify her needs and do that. But then there's also a part of the passage that comes into this teach us to number our days that I think is really important. I think a lot of times we missed Um, is in verse 27 of John chapter four, it says just then his disciples came back. So Jesus had sent the disciples away in the first part. And now they've obviously come back 
And it says they marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And I think this is important about teach us to number our days. It tells us the disciples marveled. It's like they came back and they were like, he's talking to a woman. But they never asked him, why? Jesus, what are you up to? Hey, why is this woman so special that you're talking to her in public? They just sat around probably amongst themselves going, what's Jesus doing? But the woman gets up and goes and tells everyone about Jesus Christ. The woman here was doing what the disciples were supposed to be doing. And that's like so convicting as a believer, as a leader, as a dad, as a husband. Like, I don't want somebody else doing the things that God's told me I'm supposed to be doing. You know, so if I'm going to number my days, if I'm going to allow God to teach me to do that, then I'm not going to sit around and marvel at what he's doing. I'm going to go and tell people, hey, let me show you the Christ. Let me tell you about the Christ and let me show you the man who told me everything about me. Right. And, and, and so that this passage is just, man, it's just gripped my heart. This woman at the well, I've, I've got my notebook out right here. I've got three pages that I've been flipping through this morning, like just thinking about it, man. And, and realizing that if we have a willingness to listen like Jesus did, then we have the ability to make the gospel relevant to the people around us as long as we will number our days. Yeah, I love that, man. That is that's such a powerful passage and one that's definitely like you said, it's convicting because, you know, one, we're really bad listeners sometimes and we see Jesus doing the listening. But right. then also, like you said, sometimes as disciples of Jesus, we just kind of sit and watch and we try and figure mm-hmm. out, we question what's going on. But the woman, she testified and she she went forth and she preached the gospel. She said, this is what Jesus did and this is who he is. And I think that's just so powerful and it's so convicting, like you said, right. um, that we just, you know, there's so many opportunities, especially as coaches and, and in the sports world where we can just talk right. about Jesus and testify of right. who he is and what the gospel is all about. So, man, thank you so much uh, for sharing that. I want to yeah. transition a little bit into, you know, I think when we first met, you were at Jacksonville University. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if you were a GA or if you oh, were right. the ops guy at the time. You were GA. I was GA I slash video. And then we had an incredible ops guy at the time. He actually had some health issues. So I kind of dabbled into that, too. It was just kind yeah. of was needed. <laughs> yeah. But I remember coming down with our team. I was at Bob Jones University. We came down for a practice and you were a great host for us then. But man, kind of talk a little bit about, you know, your experience in college basketball coaching, but then also what what happened in your life that you that you transitioned out of it into more of a ministry realm? Yes. So my journey actually started as a manager here at the University of North Alabama. Um, I got the opportunity uh, Coach uh, was Bobby Champagne at the time, and he was willing to let me come in. We, we met one time, and he brought me in as a manager, and it just stuck. And I just fell in love with the college game and the college aspect of it. You know, I've always been a basketball enthusiast. You know, it really was my first love in life. You know, it was the only sport that kind of clicked for me and um, just fell in love with the game, especially the NBA game, right? I mean, we're in the midst of the playoffs, so we got to give that shout-out, right? Uh, yeah, man, you got you got the thunder the thunder game coming up this afternoon. I know you're yeah. a big thunder fan, so yeah, five thirty my time. Don't worry, <laughs> we locked in. Sure. The Rockets going for the title, um, but yeah. So from there, I did go to Jacksonville University as a grad assistant. So thankful to, to Cliff Warren, 
Will Jones, Winston Neal, Trevor Quinn, that staff there, they gave me a chance. They didn't know me from Adam's house cat, right? But they gave me a shot. Uh, and I'm so thankful for them and those guys and that learning experience um, there to just Cliff Warren being the great man that he is and just being able to learn from him daily, not just about basketball, but about life and being a husband and a dad. Um, it was so good. And, and you look at these guys and that staff and like Will Jones, that I mentioned is now the head coach at North Carolina A&T. And, you know, he had a great influence on, on me and just the opportunity there. And, and those assistants, Winston, Trevor, we all still talk today. We really built a brotherhood that has now lasted for a lifetime that, you know, we're swapping texts, we're calling each other. And I think that's one of the greatest things I take away from Jacksonville was, yeah, they may have been co-workers and may have been a boss, but now they're friends. Um, and I think that's a beautiful picture of college basketball, as you know. I think that's what it is for all of us is, you know, we may be at times co-workers, at times we may be enemies on the court, right, but we're friends, we're brothers. And it's a true thing. And then from there, um, I actually switched over to the women's side for a year at the University of South Alabama, was director of operations there with a good friend again, Terry Fowler, the head coach still down there, and um, doing a great job there, a good godly man who's, you know, leading the right way and building that program the right way. And so that was my experience in coaching. It was pretty much all the offside and the, that end of it, but I loved it. Um, I'm kind of wired that way. I actually enjoy playing in buses and hotels and meals, you know, breaking down film. I enjoy that aspect of the game, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but it was actually at South Alabama that God began kind of pricking my heart um, that he might have something else for me. Um, but being the stubborn guy that I am, I was not really about basketball. Um, but I just began exploring it. I was I re got married during that year at South Alabama. Um, and so we just began exploring different things. And actually an opportunity at UNA came up to come and be an athletic administrator. So I came back to UNA um, doing director of game day operations. I was running all of our home games. Um, that was basically my job, taking care of our facilities um, here at UNA and did that for a couple of years. Um, and in that couple of years is when God really got a hold of my heart um, and affirmed a call to ministry on my life um, and actually did it through my wife. You know, you talk about not listening, right? I was not yeah. listening. God, but we tend to listen to our wives more than, you know, we think or she thinks that we do. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, you know, it was a Sunday night after church. Um, my wife actually says, so are you going to tell me what God's doing in your life or do I got to figure it out for myself? And so that kind of in your face question was, hey, I think God's calling me to ministry. And she actually said, well, I think he's calling you too. And it led to us to begin praying about it together, not having a clue what it was. We didn't really know like what the ministry was going to look like. We knew we weren't called the church ministry. We, just, we never had a, a leading there. But but God has always given me a heart for the college student, right? I think that's part of the reason why college basketball worked for me and found such joy in it um, and made good relationships with our players and coaches was just because that college atmosphere is special and it's unique and not everybody understands it, right? And I'm not saying I understand it. I just think I'm, you know, the sucker that's willing to endure it, uh, you know, uh, the college life and dealing with college students, as you understand, you know, it's a, it's an unpredictable journey every day. You have no idea what these students are going to bring you today. Um, yeah, no doubt. And, and God has got his hand on the college campus and, 
you know, I, I tell people all the time, if we can reach the college campus, we can reach the world. And um, but that, that's truly what I believe. So as I was going through that journey and, and God just put things in my church, right? Some sermons, some messages from our, from our pastor and from our college pastor is one of my best friends. Our college pastor was kind of walking through this with me. Um, and, and I just realized like, okay, God, I'm going to put my yes on the table and let you do what you want. So it was a few months after that an opportunity actually opened up with fellowship of Christian athletes here in our area, which was perfect because because Morgan and I didn't feel like God was calling us away from where we're living in, in Northwest Alabama. And so FCA just made perfect sense. And so we jumped all in. I was full-time FCA. Um, and then about 10 months down the road into that, this opportunity at what's called our BCM, it's the Baptist Campus Ministries on campus, um, presented itself. I was actually a student involved in this ministry when I was in school here at UNA. And God just open the doors and put the pieces together to, to lead to where now I am. As, as you said, campus minister here on this campus, um, just serving this campus, loving this campus, um, and just trying to be the gospel here, you know? Um, so that's my journey experience in a nutshell. And, um, you know, the basketball piece helped lay the foundation for, for ministry. Yeah, no doubt. I think that, you know, a lot of people, we you look at basketball coaching and you see, you know, what's on TV, you see the wins, you see the losses, you see the competition, but you don't always see the behind the scenes stuff where, you know, these guys do struggle with academics, with the relationships, with family, with just life in general and having people in their life who pour into them in a godly way is so important. So I know, you know, it's so cool seeing how you're able to use basketball as a connecting point uh, to impact these guys, but, you know, they, they trust you with that. They, they can talk with you about that stuff, but at the same time, man, you, they know you care about them deep on a deeper level than right. just hoops, but that's so cool here in your journey. Um, can you talk a little bit specifically what you do with the men's basketball team? If there's any, you know, specific things you guys do with them or how you, how you're kind of utilized in that aspect. Yeah. So I get the incredible opportunity to serve as our character coach here through nations of coaches um, I know you've had a couple of those guys on and, you know, good friends of both of ours and, and, you know, nations of coaches for those, if anybody's listening to this, you don't know anything about nations of coaches, go look it up. I mean, the ministry they're doing in college basketball is tremendous. Uh, Tommy Kyle, Pete Weary, those guys, the leadership they provide for people across the board in college basketball is, is life changing. And, and it's an honor to serve alongside of those guys. And um, so I get to do that here uh, with coach Pujol um, and, and our staff here and, uh, and our guys. And so basically what I am is I'm just a resource for the coaches, for the players, as you were just talking about for life. You know, I, I tell them all the time, I, I'm not worried about basketball. You're good players. You're good coaches. You're going to improve in that. You're going to take care of the court thing. I'm here to help in life, to talk about life, to be a resource, you know, to take them to lunch. Our coaches love for me to take them to lunch, right? Get them out of the office and let's go sit down and break bread together and have conversation um, and just be there. And, and we do a book study as well. Actually, the shirt I'm wearing is the book from last year. We did um, the story. Uh, we read the book on, called Legacy. It's about the all black rugby club from New Zealand and the it's church. A great book. It's an incredible book for coaches. Anybody go read it, man. It'll make you think about how you're handling things in your life. Um, and, and our shirt says, leave the Jersey in a better place. Right. And that's one of the big things of the all blacks was they wanted to always leave the Jersey in a better place. And so um, that was our study last year. This year uh, we're doing a book study on chop wood, carry water by Joshua Metcalf, which is a, a good book as well. An easy read. Um, mm -hmm. 
but very thought provoking. A lot of things you can pull out of that book. And so that's kind of the big thing I do every year. I've been doing that since Coach Pujol got here. In year one, we did extreme ownership. Um, and so th- those are kind of the books that we do. And so we talk about the book, what it means for basketball, what it means for life. More importantly, I bring in some scriptural, spiritual elements from time to time in these. Um, and at the end of the day, like you said, I'm just here to be a listening ear for our players, for our coaches, and a spiritual guide to just pour into them um, and to you know help them see Jesus and know Jesus, but also just navigate the things of life. Even if you know we've got some some players that don't believe the same way I do, and that's okay. We're going to have those conversations and navigate life and walk through those things. And so uh, it, it's good to just be there for that. And at the end of the day, be their number one fan, even if I am their ESPN guy as well. <laughs> I neutral on the broadcast, you know, in here, right? The number one fan of UNA basketball, being an alum of the program. Um, I love just being around it, serving it. It helps me scratch my basketball itch too, you know, being in the gym and, yeah. you know, going to individuals, being around practice, you know, that it's a lot of fun. You know, I get the fun side of basketball. You as coaches sometimes get the stressful side, but I get the fun side. And uh, it's an honor to do it and just serve those guys and love on them and pray for them. Um, you know, I pray for different ones of them every day. Um, and that's just, it's a good thing to do. And I love doing it. And it's opened some doors to some other ministry in our athletic department as well. Um, and so just it's just cool to get to be around them and, and learn from them too. It's not like I got all the answers and know everything. I'll probably learn more from our coaches and our players more than they learn from me. And that's the yeah. beauty of it um, is just being around them and hearing from them as well. Yeah. That's so cool, man. It is. It's amazing how much you can learn from these guys and, and uh, oh, just their, their different experiences, where they come right. from, who they are. And man, it's, right. it teaches you a lot, but it's so cool. I heard you, you know, you mentioned the ESPN thing, which is another, another thing you have going on in your life, but yeah, <laughs> man, you, you call games on ESPN for yeah. North Alabama. And I don't yeah. know if you do any other schools around the area, but, um yeah but talk a little bit about your experience you know as a broadcaster and what that you know what that opportunity has been like for you it's been eye-opening you know um you don't realize how much prep work goes into a broadcast until you're actually doing it right because the game happens so fast i mean you got to know numbers and names and key statistics you really got to know that especially here it's not like you know, those big time national guys, they got the statisticians sitting right next to them, dropping them, you know, notes and nuggets. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's me and our, and our lead analyst is Ben Ray, Benjamin Ray. Um, he does a tremendous job. He's an absolute professional. Um, it, you know, my job is to not screw up what he's doing. Right. So <laughs> I just follow his lead as the, as he's, you know, the play by play and bring in uh, some basketball knowledge with a little bit that I have. And I think that's fun too, is that it continually makes me continue to learn the game, right? It's still pushing me to, to learn the game, learn, you know, some new sets, you know, be able to break that down on the fly for somebody who may not understand basketball as deeply as you and I do, um, you know, to where just the person watching it gets a feel for what's happening. Um, and, you know, I keep using this word, man, life, it, but it's a lot of fun. You know, and if you know me, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that word. I, I tend to have a good time in life and see things on the more optimistic side. It, it's a lot of fun. and I enjoy being around it. I enjoy getting to run in, you know, bump shoulders with guys like you and some of the other guys in the A-Sun. Um, when you come to Flowers Hall here in North Alabama, I mean, it, it's fun to just reconnect and talk with and just hang out and, and watch how different people do different things and talk about that on the air and tell your stories for you. 
Um, you know, it's fun to be the voice for you guys and promote college basketball the right way and the beautiful game that it is um, and, and make known the great coaches and players that are in the game of college basketball. It's an honor to have that platform and be that, you know, I, I'm, I don't think I'm very good at it, but I'm thankful that our university allows me to do it and gives me that opportunity um, because, again, it's a lot of fun. It's an honor to represent our university that way. Again, as an alum, I'm extremely biased. I think this is the greatest university on earth, um, and it's an honor to do that and, and, and try to do it professionally and neutrally as ESPN wants us to. You know, and the opportunity just kind of – it was just kind of the right time when I transitioned into ministry was when we transitioned from Division Two to Division One to this ESPN platform, and it just was the perfect storm of timing and everything you know, if I was working, I wouldn't be able to, if I was still working in the athletic department, I wouldn't be able to do it, right, um, in the role that I was in, you know, but now it's just worked out where I can do it and, and, and be a part of these games and, you know, learn from a guy like Ben Ray and our producer, 84 side has been doing that for years. And so um, it's just fun to be around those guys and learn from them. And at the end of the day, man, like, I get to sit around and watch basketball and talk about it. You can't beat that, right? I mean, there's yeah. something better. No, that, that's a great gig to have, man. I, I've had the yeah. opportunity to, to tune into a few of your calls, and, man, you do do a great job, and you do have a lot of fun, so I appreciate that. Keep up that. Last question for you. I know you're a Thunder fan, so you have, you got to take your, your fan bias out of this question, but who, who do you think is going to win the world championship in the NBA this year? Oh, man, I've been saying all year the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? I mean, it's yeah. hard for me to take the fan <laughs> And I don't want to be that guy to jinx the Thunder, right? Hey, so, really, you know, I, I tell people all the time, and this is going to sound crazy, I'll come back and answer your question. I do have a, somebody that I think is more in line to win it than the Thunder right now. But I'll say this about the Thunder. This is my favorite Thunder team ever. And I know that's a bold statement considering you have a team that went to the finals, right, with KD and, and Russ and, and those guys. And, man, they got it there. This team is absolutely fun to watch, man. Coach Donovan deserves a ton of credit for how he has really made OKC from isolation basketball like it was in the Russ KD days to, man, the ball zips, it pops, it goes from side to side, it gets Shea some driving lanes, you know, to, to do. Chris Paul, I have a new appreciation for his game and his leadership after watching him this year and how he has led this team with Steven Adams, who, you know, is probably my favorite player. You know, you got to love the big guy down low getting dirty and, you know, having fun down there. So I love this Thunder team. I'm extremely high on them. I think they can take care of the Rockets. I think they can make a run. But to answer your question and take the, the fan side out of it, man, I think the Clippers are built for this thing. Um, you know, they got – last night was only their 12th time to have the whole team in place. And, man, you can just tell some of that chemistry still isn't there. But, man, just – they can guard anybody. I mean, you talk about, you know, Luca's phenomenal. I mean, you can't stop Luca, but you can. Th they could throw Marcus Morris. They could throw Kawhi. They could throw Paul George. They could throw Pat Beverly. They got so many guys that can guard. And I think in a key moment of a game that may be close in a high intense game, that's going to pay off in the NBA in the long run. And so, I guess if I had to take my fanship out of it, I would lean. You know, to a Clippers Celtics Finals is kind of what I'm thinking. Okay, that's a, that's a good prediction. I can I can live with that. But hey, I'm not I'm also not opposed to the Thunder. You know, our, <laughs> our head coach Donnie Jones worked for Billy Donovan, yep. and yep. Jonathan Mitchell, one of our assistants, played for Billy Donovan. So yep. we're we're big Thunder fan in the office over here at Stetson as well. So man, we're, we're on board with that pick. 
Hey, I mean, I believe it's going to happen. This is the year. Why not in the bubble? The Thunder win the NBA championship, right? No I mean, doubt. Well, so that, hey, that's my philosophy, my optimistic mindset. Hey, it's 2020, man. Anything can happen. So, <laughs> right. well, Matt, thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was awesome and look forward to hopefully seeing you here in a couple months and um, pre- appreciate you for all you do. No, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you doing this podcast and using your platform for the good of the gospel. And uh, it's just an honor to know you and be a part of this and come alongside those other guys that have been on here. So I appreciate it.